You're listening live to Right Side Radio with Phil Williams. It's hard to go wrong when you're on the right side. Right Side Radio, solid, conservative, and just plain right. Alabama syndicated news talk leader, Right Side Radio, Phil Williams here live in the Right Side studios, man. The local, the state, the national, covering down on all the issues. And like that dude just said a moment ago, solid conservative and just plain right. Well, it is Monday, actually a beautiful Monday after the rain we had this weekend that was like at epic levels. But uh, beautiful Monday and Boomer's on the board. Hey, buddy. Hey. How are you? I'm awesome. Great weekend. Other than the rain, of course. (laughs) But, but now, now we're here. I'm ready. I'm ready to listen and hear about what you have to talk about today. Oh, thank you for <laughs> thank you for being so gracious. Um, but uh, you got big doings today after the show. Oh, big doings big, today! Big little doings. man has baseball tryouts. Boomer Bud, little Boomer Bud's got baseball tryouts today. <laughs> that is so awesome. It's gonna be great. He's five years old. Five years five old. Five years old. Little guy, baseball. That's oh, just the best. It's just fun to watch. It is fun to watch. <laughs> uh, we got a good. We got a great show lined up for. So 3 o'clock today, you're going to want to stay tuned because Alabama's new Secretary of State, Wes Allen, will be on the phone. Going to talk about some things that are happening in the world of elections. I'm calling that one Election Matters, which I'll get to in a moment on the Triple Dipper. But yeah, Wes Allen, he came in and immediately began uh, being called an election denier by the uh, by the liberal media and, uh, and pulled out of the uh, Soros-backed uh, system called ERIC. We'll talk about that at 3 o'clock with Secretary of State Wes Allen. In the meantime, that triple dipper is full of stuff, so hit it, bud. The Triple Dipper. Three stories you've got to know. That's right, the Triple Dipper. Three stories, three themes, if you will, that you have got to know. Number one, leading up to the conversation with Secretary of State Wes Allen, election matters. Have you heard what happened in D.C.? So the D.C. City Council they passed a resolution seeking to allow the opportunity to vote for non-citizens. Yeah, and now Congress is involved. So lots of things happening in different states. That one's top of the list, and we'll talk about that and more with Secretary of State Wes Allen uh, at 3 o'clock. The first one, election matters. All right, number two, balloon wars. Got to talk about it because, daggum, y'all, this is, this is getting weirder by the day. And we're waiting right now because allegedly the Secretary of Defense is going to make remarks uh, very soon. But it would occur to me that, you know, I don't know, call me silly, but it seems like the Commander-in-Chief ought to be the one at the microphone right now. The Commander-in-Chief ought to be the one saying, hey, we have had fighter jets shooting things down over the continental United States for the first time in the history of the United States. And here's what's up. But right now, President Biden is nowhere to be seen. But we'll talk about all of that and how it's impacting our relationship with China Number two in the Triple Dipper, balloon wars. And then number three, this is just maddening. I got I call this segment Killing the Burbs. I'm calling it Killing the Burbs because there's an Obama regulation rescinded by Trump, reenacted by the um, Biden administration, that has now become true regulatory burden on society. They are literally saying that they want to do away with the suburbs. They're going to make sure that you don't, you're not allowed to move out there where you can run your fingers through the, uh, the grass and you know, play with your kids in the front yard. No, no, no. It's important that they have equity plans on file for every community in the nation as to how they intend to provide housing opportunities everywhere to include in the suburbs. How does that even work? 
Anyway, we'll talk about it. Number three, killing the burbs. All right, listen, um, let me flip over here to my monologue, and I'm going to start off by telling a story that I've probably told before because I've, I've done like 300 monologues now in the last year and a half, literally. Um, but years ago, um, when I was young and full of energy, I like to say, I pursued one of my dreams to become an Army Ranger. So in 1991, I went to the U.S. Army Ranger School. It was, you know, everything that I ever dreamed and feared that it would be. Mind, body, and soul put through the ringer for weeks on end. I lost over 30 pounds while I was there. Charlene got to see me during one eight-hour cycle break, and she just cried when she saw me. I was a mess. During the swamp phase, I was actually hospitalized for a few days. My legs had swollen up to the point that my boots wouldn't even lace anymore. The doc said it was what he wrote down in the file, because it's complications due to malnutrition and frostbite. All right. All I know is my ranger buddy and I were both put in the infirmary, and we were thrilled just to be laying there in clean sheets. But the orderly, this, this young E-4 specialist, he was having none of it. He basically walked in the room with two of us lieutenants laying there in, these, in the bed in the infirmary. He walked in with his chest all puffed out, and he said something to the effect of, you're still in the course. No TV, no snacks, no nothing. You get well, you get out. Roger that, specialist. We didn't care. We were miserable, but we weren't in the swamps miserable, so whatever. But they had let me make one call to Charlene to tell her what was going on, and she called the family. And the next thing I knew, that orderly came in. He said, uh, hey, uh, LT, there's a Colonel Williams on the phone for you. Oh, that's my dad. Oh, oh, your dad's a colonel. So I hobbled out there, and I talked to my dad. 20 minutes later, he came back in and goes, there's a, there's a General McBride on the phone for you? Oh, it's my granddad. Oh, your dad's a colonel and your granddad's a general? Yeah. So I hobbled out of bed again, and I talked to my grandfather. And I, the last thing I remember my grandfather saying to me was, boy, let me talk to that specialist again. <laughs> so I handed him the phone. Now, I have no idea what my grandfather actually said, but the next thing I know, my ranger buddy and I are shocked to have that orderly come wheeling a TV in the room looking like someone just shot his dog. He said, uh, yeah, so you guys looked pretty bored. Um, so I thought I'd bring in this TV. And, hey, I'm headed over to the shopette. You guys want something to eat or drink? Well, there was this pause where my buddy is staring at me like I had magical powers or something and me not knowing what to say. And then it hit me. Darn right I was hungry. Yeah, I said, I'll take a Snickers bar and a Coke. It was the best candy bar I ever ate. And honestly, nothing really changed. The course was still soul-crushing hard. I made it through the next cycle in the swamp phase. I went on to the desert phase. I eventually pinned on my tab. I became another faceless ranger student, just slogging his way to the goal of pinning on that ranger tab. But for just a few minutes, somebody threw me a lifeline. Not a handout, mind you, but a hand up. A brief respite, a breath catcher. The sense that it was going to work out. You see, there's a vast difference between throwing somebody a lifeline during a hard moment as opposed to rescuing them repeatedly to the extent that they have no sense of personal capability. It reminds me that just the other day I saw that one of those videos has gone viral again. I saw it. Several friends saw it. All God's children saw it. It was a young man on TikTok who was obviously still living in his mommy's basement, opining in all sincerity that it's time for our nation to do its part and implement a basic guaranteed income and permanent government-run health care because, because he doesn't want to work. So let me repeat that for you, because I'm sure there's those of you hearing that statement and questioning whether you heard me right. Yes, he wants someone from the government to give him an allowance so he can have some folding money. And yes, he wants someone from the government to give him some health care coverage, just because. And he went on to say in his video with all sincerity that he's tired of being told he needs to go to work. In his words, quote, 
What if I have no desire to achieve anything? No one should be trying to force me to be an achiever. Okay. Somehow I think he's already met that goal. He's decidedly in the non-achiever status. There's an old saying, though, that it's far better to give someone a hand up than a hand out, like I said earlier, and I agree with that. I have never minded the idea of giving someone a boost or a bridge to get over a hurdle, but the idea of paying someone to be a complete non-achiever is antithetical to the American dream. In fact, it is antithetical to common sense, and to do so on any kind of a large scale is the downfall of any society. I read just this morning that the next month, that next month, the state of Illinois is going to revert its food stamps program, the SNAP program, back to pre-pandemic levels. Really? Finally? Many of you recall that until late 2021, there were people who were often being paid so much in enhanced unemployment compensation, they found it more lucrative not to work. It was not uncommon to see unemployment checks from the government exceeding $2,500 a month or more. And depending upon which state you lived in, you may have seen folks getting more than that with the state and federal benefits stacking on top of traditional unemployment benefits by adding an additional $300 to $600 per week, per week. So basically, based on the above, a New Yorker back then who was working a regular job before getting unemployed could get up to 59 weeks of benefits based on traditional unemployment insurance. That's over a year of unemployment compensation. Why? Because they said they were scared to go to work. And all the different benefits added up, with including additional benefits for medical care based on New York State's high unemployment rate. Yeah, well, I got news. A society cannot long live that way. There is no means by which one can instill productivity or the desire to achieve. But what we can do is remove the ability to fund a lack of productivity or the lack of a desire to achieve. Again, I don't mind a hand up. I have a friend who I greatly admire. She went through a bad divorce. She found herself as a single mom with no prospects. She and her son had no choice but to live in public housing. And she worked by day, and she took coursework by night, and she became a successful paralegal working for a law firm. But she was not content to stop there. She took additional courses at night, got her realtor's license. And she owns her own real estate practice, and she has other realtors working for her. She's the epitome of what a hand up is supposed to be, a bridge to overcome a hurdle a chance to catch your breath, because sometimes that's what's needed. But our society will crumble under its own weight if we continue to support the idea that one can be paid for just doing nothing. I don't care if that slacker living in mommy's basement chooses to live a life of fallow and unremarkable existence. If he and his mommy are okay with that, that's on them. But those of us who get up every day and sweat and toil and labor to achieve our dreams should not be in the position of supporting their tepid and apathetic lifestyles. Get busy living or get busy dying, I heard somebody say. And that's a wrap for the right side way. Well, there you have it. A lifeline, a hand up, not a handout. And, and that's, that's the key is you, you give somebody the opportunity to get over the hurdle, or in my case, just to catch my breath for a minute, and then you move on. That's what's so necessary. But what we're seeing too often right now is that we are breeding a generation of people that believe that they should ask with their hand out and receive nothing back in return. All right, folks, Phil Williams, Right Side Radio. Y'all stay tuned. We'll be right back.
We are back. Phil Williams, Right Side Radio, solid and conservative and just plain right. Saving the world one soundbite at a time. Um, we got some good stuff laid on for you. Going to be getting into the next uh, part, first part of the Triple Dipper here in a moment about elections. It's crazy what's happening in some places and, and yet in others. There's the common sense application of just, you know, hey, let's make sure they're clean and fresh and everybody's transparent. But, you know, that's scary for some people. Um, there's that. Also, by the way, I'll be trying to look, uh, look up the, the details, but just a moment ago, Secretary of Defense Lloyd Austin uh, just delivered comments regarding the uh, multiple shootdowns of what are now just being referred to as unidentified objects. Yeah. And I, 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 Boomer, you've heard, I mean, we talked about it earlier, that uh, they shot down two more this weekend. Oh, right. Uh, and we still haven't heard anything until today. Yeah, one was over Canada. It flew in over Alaska into Canadian airspace. We coordinated with the Canadians and then took it down. And then another one got taken down. It was first sighted. There was an anomaly apparently over Montana. When they, when they you know, scrambled fighters, they couldn't find anything. But then later on, it was sighted again over Michigan, and they shot it down over Lake Huron, one of the Great Lakes. So wow. uh, just, just crazy. I mean, so a little perspective on this. Um, we don't know what these are. I mean, the Pentagon is trying to say these did not pose what they called a dynamic threat, uh, meaning it was more like a static threat, meaning there's something happening, but we don't know that it's going to be causing any physical harm to the United States. But you know what? It's still, it's still something. But here's the part that really gets me, and this is the part that cannot be downplayed, is that perhaps in the first time, oh, ever, things are being shot down by fighter planes over the skies of the United States Four times in the last 10 days. Four times. Nine days, actually. Mm. So nine, nine days now, we've had four events where they're actually scrambling fighter aircraft who are then using lethal force to down something. And they're not really talking about what. And where's the president, by the way? I mean, this, is, this is infuriating to me. You're going to launch fighter jets to shoot down something and the president is nowhere to be seen the freck i mean that's not leadership so yeah i gotta i gotta burn under my saddle about that because the the reality is he owns this i don't care if his military's handling it i don't care if the secretary of defense made statements a few moments ago the president of the united states of america is the one authorizing the use of lethal force by the u.s military over sovereign soil and he needs to speak to it it's, it's not too much to ask. Well, maybe it is. Who knows? Um, but this is, this is just to me, I mean, and I'm, I'm going to be on a soapbox here for a minute, but this is to me just further evidence that he has never led anything in his whole life. Ever. Nothing. I'm not even sure he's led his family, to be honest with you. He's never led a thing in his whole life. He has had the luxury of 40 years in Washington, D.C., with what I call rhetoric without responsibility. He's been able to go to the podium, yell all he wanted to, make a scene, and then step away and not own it, unless somebody else have to own it. But now he's the chief executive. Now he's the boss. Now he's the decision maker, allegedly. And now he has to own the results. And you can tell he's not used to it. So here we are shooting stuff down over the United States, uh, and we got a president that's nowhere to be seen. Uh, text lines are open, by the way. I'm switching gears on you. 833-687-4448. That's 833-68-RIGHT. We're going we're gonna to get all kinds of comments. We already had some commentary. Um, 
we got uh, Susan from Elkmont. She said that she heard that, <laughs> I assume she's joking. She said someone suggested that the shoot down this weekend were drones from the future bringing us a warning. <laughs> and I, I responded back, I think if they have the ability to travel through time, they can be more effective at giving us whatever warning they had. Just saying, yeah, so you're going to travel through time and launch a balloon. I just, I, no, I don't see it. Um, Brian from Huntsville, with regards to my monologue, says uh, a lifeline is an embracement, not an enablement. Well said, sir. Um, Ali from Athens says, newsflash, if you don't work, you don't eat. It worked in Jamestown. It can work again. I get it. Um, Jamie from uh, Hartzell, hunger is a great motivator. Uh, yes, it is. Um, Second Thessalonians 3.10, she quotes, she said, uh, even when we were with you, this we commanded you, that if any would not work, neither should he eat. Um, there you go. Thank you, Jamie. Appreciate it. Uh, Frank from Huntsville. Uh, see, we've got a long text here. Hang on a second. Um, he says he read an article today that said the reason they have found more objects because they enhanced the radar to start looking for smaller objects like the balloon. So it makes me wonder how many times something has flown over undetected. I, I would anticipate that this has happened multiple times in the past and we just didn't know it. Um, now that they're looking back and finding anomalies, uh, and, 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 but unconfirmed anomalies in the past, uh, I'm going to say this probably happened multiple times in the past. And the fact that uh, China... Uh, felt emboldened to send a 200-foot balloon toting a 1,000-pound payload with solar array um, and let's let it fly over the entire United States. Uh, I'm pretty sure that wasn't their first stab at it. I, I'm thinking that they probably, uh, they probably had the opportunity to do this in the past and thought, why not, man? Launch the big one. Uh, John from Huntsville, UFOs taking over the world. Thank you, John. Uh, Scott from Russellville, Biden is a classic example of pigeon chess. Move the pieces at random, crap all over the board, declare victory. <laughs> pigeon chess. I've never heard of pigeon chess. Rita from Scottsboro says, I disagree with you, Phil. You said the president's never led anything in his life. That's not true. He led the downfall of the United States. Woo! Rita. All right, folks, y'all stay tuned. We'll be right back. Number one of the Triple Dipper, Election Matters. Y'all stay tuned. 